It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking some football recruiting and a bad loss for the Orange. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is John Garcia Jr. from Scout.com and CuseNation.com. John, thanks so much for being on again. Oh, anytime, guys. It's always a pleasure. John, uh, I do want to get you started on this. One of the big storylines from this week in recruiting is three-star linebacker Jason Cabinda flipping from Syracuse to Penn State. How big of a loss is that for the Orange? Uh, it is a big loss. I mean, granted, they have a couple of linebackers already committed, and they're looking at other linebackers going forward. So it's going to be a big class, or a big hole at the position no matter what. But Cabinda was kind of... Uh, the jewel in the class, maybe the most versatile guy and the most maybe college-ready guy. That's always important when you're talking about a team in a new conference and a new direction and all that fun stuff. So uh, a huge loss, but the, the good thing, I guess, in all of this for the Orange is that they kind of saw it coming. Um, you know, when Penn State offers any linebacker, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the whole linebacker you mantra. So once the interest really ramped up, for Kabinga, and then right when that happened, Penn State got the news that they wouldn't have the scholarship sanctions for this cycle. It all kind of just started riding itself. Uh, and then he visited twice over the last couple of weeks, and then he actually got the offer. So the process really kind of just uh, rode itself. And the Syracuse coaches, they understood that. So they have already you know, been trying to, to push towards other linebackers. And actually, big news came in really uh, of late over the last 24 hours is Niall Sykes, arguably the top linebacker target on the board, kid out of uh, the Chicago area, which has been very good to Syracuse in the last two recruiting cycles, actually just set his official visit date to Syracuse. It's going to be uh, the first week of December, right when SU likes to bring in a lot of football players uh, to watch a basketball game in a basketball setting. And some people might question that, but really the concept is this. One, you get them all there at the same time, which is a big deal. It's landed a lot of big commitments in the past. And two, you take them to a game, you see that basketball atmosphere, which is, of course, always pretty electric. And then on top of that, the coaching staff aren't sitting there worried about their own football game right. at the same time, going through their own walkthroughs, their own meetings, their own film evaluations. Instead, it's all about the recruits, with the exception of the basketball game, which is, of course, only a few hours during the weekend. So that's why Syracuse has always done it. I know that's a big misconception. But, but now Sykes will be now coming in um, in that group. And, of course, he's a three-star on scout.com. And so is uh, Juwan Bentley. He's another uh, top prospect from the D.C. area. And then there's a couple of other options, too. Demetrius Johnson, from again, from the Maryland area. And then Syracuse is always looking to get down south. There's a couple other linebackers they like, uh, Justin Hughes, Anthony Wint, a couple of uh, Georgia and Florida guys, respectively. So there's certainly several options. And, again, like like we said, it's a big loss, but it's going to be a big class. So look for Syracuse to rebound rather quickly uh, and really just move forward with the other guys they had in place. And like they said, they knew it was coming, so it's, it's not as big of a blow as, as it was maybe a couple cycles ago when Harold Brantley flipped to Missouri right near signing day. You know, that's a little hard to – to recuperate from as opposed to something that happens in the middle of the fall. So let's move from the linebackers to the defensive line. Syracuse battling, again, Penn State for another big recruit, Thomas Holly. Um, there's been a lot of movement. He's visited a couple places, including Penn State, in the last couple of weeks. Does Syracuse have a legitimate chance of landing him? 
they do. And, and it really hasn't come to our attention at QsNation.com recently, uh, but he's actually very, very good friends with Terrell Hunt, which obviously is very good for Syracuse. Um, they, they grew up near each other, were friends, attended the same high school for a little bit uh, before um, Holly transferred to Abraham Lincoln, where he's, he's starring now, obviously. But uh, that's a significant end that SU has on top of the whole New York City uh, recruiting push that they've been you know, trying to get over the last few years and, of course, the in-state push that they're always trying to get. Um, obviously, playing time and things like that are other major selling points for a guy like Holly. But it's really that connection that really uh, should breathe life into Syracuse fans when you're going against, like you said, Penn State, Ohio State, potentially some some SEC and ACC schools, Florida State, Florida, maybe Alabama down the road. So um, that, that's really the only way that Syracuse can kind of hang on. And, and believe me, they're going to play to that. You know, Terrell Hunt um, was, was almost a mentor to Holly at one point in his life, and he's one of the players that, that Holly reached out to early in his recruitment once he became kind of a national recruit, which really began in the spring. So it's still fairly new to Holly. So I think there's a lot of things – Playing in towards Syracuse's favor, and like you said, he did visit a few times, and he would he would probably make an official visit to Syracuse and spend time uh, on the Orange campus for 48 hours again. If he locks it in, the staff will take it at any point with a priority recruit like that. But if they had the choice, they're going to once again point it towards that December January stage where they can get him to a basketball game and things like that. And of course, if he does take the official to Syracuse, you better believe that his his host is probably going to be Terrell Hunt. <laughs> Well, let's take a look at now the secondary. AccuseNation.com uh, breaking that Syracuse offering three-star cornerback, Florida cornerback, Derek Tyndall. Tell us a little bit about him because he's, he's very new to Syracuse fans. Yeah, well, he's, he's fairly new to the recruiting radar. Had some buzz in the spring coming off of a, a good junior season and a, a really solid program in the Fort Lauderdale area, Boyd Anderson really known for defensive backs. They sent one to Alabama, who's starting as a true freshman. They sent one to UCF and Justin McDonald last season, who was actually down to UCF and Syracuse. So Syracuse has already you know, made a presence at that school. Um, so Tyndall knew about the Orange kind of from those things. Uh, but he's a physical guy, just like you get from Florida DBs. You know the, the athletic skill is going to be there. You know their hips are going to be there. But think of your Keon Lins of the world. Mm -hmm. They're more physical than your run-of-the-mill defensive back. It's because they're playing against, you know, arguably the top competition uh, in the United States of America in terms of high school football. Uh, so that's the big thing that Syracuse really likes about him. The good thing also for SU is that the competition isn't what it is for Tom, Thomas Holly or what it was for Jason right. Kabinga. You know, it's Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and really some Mac schools after that. So you're really, in terms of conference and things like that, SU has a major, major advantage and the fact that SU's done a really good job in Miami, again, something that really doesn't get talked about much, particularly in the secondary, in that South Florida area, Julian Wiggum, Keon Lynn, um, Rashard Anderson, they're all from the same area, Richie Desir, Darrell Eskers. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I think um, that plays a part as well because, again, it's all about familiarity when prospects visit. You know, he's never visited Syracuse, but if he does, whether it's an official visit or not, believe that, those are the type of guys that are going to be around him, the South Florida guys, the South Florida DBs. I mean, you couldn't be more familiar with your position and having kids where you're from as well. So I think that'll play big at the end of the day. But, again, it's, it's, it's wherever he's going to be comfortable, uh, and that's really an unknown. The weather, obviously, always 
interesting <laughs> when you're talking about a South Florida prospect coming up to Central New York in the winter, which is when he's going to come up. So, I mean, those things are, are certainly uh, factors. But, again, it seems like much more positive to negative when talking about Tyndall. And, and he really isn't coveted at this point, at least, by the major schools in the state and in the southeast. So he looks like he's going to have to leave home regardless. So once those factors add up, it looks like SC's going to have a pretty good shot at landing a good one. So let's switch to basketball for a quick minute. Uh, the big news out of Syracuse over the weekend is that they picked up a big-time commit, um, Tyler Linden, uh, and he's going to be that first recruit in that 2015 class. Is he a project? Is he going to come in right away and help? Tell us a little bit about him. Well, to answer that question, I'll just go to one of Tyler's quotes. I mean, we, we nowadays, when, when we talk to a Syracuse basketball commitment, unfortunately, one question has to be, are you a long-haul guy or are you thinking about maybe being a one-and-done, which is crazy to think about when you think of only a few years ago when that was, wasn't even a concept. <laughs> um, but he was even uh, admitted that the staff has talked to him about that a little bit. And he's, uh, he's okay with being on campus for four years, of course, but he's one that seems like if the opportunity is there early in his career, he might bolt to the NBA, which is a good thing for Syracuse, and that obviously tells you that the kid's ready to play right away. Right. So definitely not a project, although you know, he obviously needs to gain weight, you know, six foot eight, 185 pounds, so very, very slim, but so was C.J. Fair when he came in, so a similar body. Uh, to CJ and really a similar skill set. He can shoot a jump shot. He can play inside, kind of do a little bit of everything. He's long, which is exactly what Syracuse recruits. I feel like that's the first thing on their board, no matter the height, weight. <laughs> they just want to see if, if a kid is long. Right. He fits that bill. Um, and the good, another good thing for Syracuse is that he jumped on the offer fairly quickly. Uh, in basketball, you don't see as much you know flipping and decommitting as you do in football and other sports. Uh, but the fact that he picked up the offer early in the fall, committed in the middle of the fall is a very good thing. It, it tells you that he was thinking about Syracuse the whole way, and, and it came true when we spoke to him, too. Uh, and the Syracuse staff has been very hard on him. Mike Hopkins did a fantastic job. Again, another big man, another link to Mike Hopkins, which is obviously the future, potentially, of the program. Uh, and this is another recruit that you can kind of put a notch on his belt for. Uh, so he's excited, obviously. We can assume that he was able to get the 2015 class going uh, with Tyler. Uh, and it really gives Syracuse a good foundation for the next two years. They've gotten their two kind of wing, big man type players. So um, as they did in 2014 and filling in guards afterward, expect the same thing for the 2015 group. John, excellent stuff as always. Again, check out more of John Garcia Jr.'s stuff on scout.com and specifically cusenation.com for you Cuse fans listening. John, thanks so much again. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, Wes. Take care. Take care. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, what's going on? Good, Wes. Doing well. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Um, Brad, it's been a long time since Syracuse has had a, a loss as bad as the one that they did to Georgia Tech over the weekend. Is it time for Syracuse fans to start looking toward the basketball season, or is it the football team still worth watching right now? Well, should they? No. Will <laughs> they? Probably. You know, Syracuse, Orange Nation. Uh, there's still football to be played despite the embarrassing loss last week. And with the final, uh, you know, three games out of five at home uh, and two against longtime former Big East foes, uh, I, I think they should still give this team a chance uh, to get the three wins necessary for bowl eligibility. And, 
you know, when I still think about it, Wes, you know, no back-to-back bowl season since 98, 99. Right. That really says a lot about the football program. And if they could break through this year, that would really be a big jump, especially in the first ACC season. Well, part of that breakthrough has to come from the quarterback position because Terrell Hunt has been pretty bad over the last three games. Uh, he hasn't broken 100 yards. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. What does he need to do to improve? Well, I think it's a multitude of items. Uh, he, he needs to be better with his feet. He certainly needs to become a much better decision maker. Throw the ball away if you have nobody open. But we've talked about it all season, Wes. What's the biggest problem? There's not BCF caliber enough wide receivers on the roster, right. plain and simple. Why doesn't the offensive coordinator McDonald now simplify things? Broiled, West, they're dependable, reliable receivers. Smart, you know, short patterns, simple plays to get them the ball with a little bit of space and get the tight ends into the mix. That, with, you know, already an established running game should take the pressure off Hunt, but he's got to be smarter with the football. Now, how about the defense? The defense has been, you know, struggled all over the place, all over the board. The secondary was bad. Uh, they couldn't stop the run against Georgia Tech. I, I don't even know where to start when it comes to how poorly they played against Georgia Tech. Well, you know, one of the items is injuries. You know, when Syracuse is at the stage, you know, and you've talked about it recruiting, you know, earlier, uh, if, if a starter goes down, they're in trouble. They just don't have enough depth on the roster to be up to ACC standards. So, I think it's been a combination of things. They've lost starting players to injury, and the replacements just aren't up to snuff. And then I think some of it is you know, rookie mistakes by this defensive coaching staff, especially evidenced in the Georgia Tech game. I think Syracuse came into GA Tech thinking, you know, we just beat NC State. We got a road win. We know this different kind of offense we're going to be facing. I think Georgia Tech off a three-game losing streak, you know, and a must-win said, we're going to run it down their throat and establish it on that first series. And that was that. This defense has got to come together. Now, Syracuse with a week off, and then they play Wake Forest. And they've got, you know, you mentioned they have to win three of their last five. We can knock one off the road right now because they're going down to Florida State and they're going to get creamed. And you wrote about that in your Orange Watch this week, how FSU is the cream of the crop in the ACC. So they really have to win three of four. Do you still see that happening and getting to that magical six number? It's going to be close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Wake Forest has to go to Miami this week. And then Miami and Florida State play the following week. So how I think Miami now with probation, all the NCAA stuff taken care of, they have a lot to play for, and I think you're going to see Miami come out as a, you know, even a totally quote-unquote different team now from the season forward. So let's see what Wake Forest does first. Maryland just lost their top two receivers last week, so their offense is really struggling. Not going to win at Florida State, as you mentioned, and they've got to win those final two home games against Pittsburgh and B.C., teams I think they're comparable to. So it seems like it, you're, you're teetering on the edge of 5-7, uh, and 6-6 six and six range, Brad? I think they can make it. I'm going to give them the push. I'll give them the push to 6-6. Six and six. Okay. Well, I guess we have to wait a little bit to see what happens with Wake Forest's game this season. But do you see the Orange coming home and being, playing better and putting themselves in a position to beat Wake Forest? I, I do. I, you know, I think the week off is going to help. I think the coaching staff can reorganize as well and Let's hope there's a little bit of, uh, you know, momentum off the fact they're going to bring Donovan McNabb back and have his jersey hung. So hopefully there's some excitement and enthusiasm for that. 
And I, I think they are, you know, very close talent-wise with Wake Forest, and you would have to think that, you know, home field advantage as they beat them in overtime back in 11 might come into play. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I want to give a tip of the hat to senior associate A.D. Herm Frazier. Great schedule for the football team in 14. Love it. Now, Villanova played B.C. tough this year in the opener, but great opener against an FCS team. Go on the road to beautiful Mount Pleasant, Michigan, for Central Michigan, then Maryland and Notre Dame. Perfect to ease into the schedule one week at a time. Love it. You're right. I, I think he had written earlier in the year they had to ease into the schedule, and that's exactly what happened. So kudos, kudos to him. Um, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse center Fab Mello. SB Nation asked the question yesterday of whether he was the biggest bust in NBA draft history after he was cut by the Mavericks this week. Brad, I got to tell you, I, I'm a little annoyed by that because he was picked with the 21st pick. And just to rattle off a few more worthy names of that, uh, Frederick Weiss, I'm a Knicks fan, so he's picked 15th when the Knicks could have picked Ron Artest, never played a game in the NBA and was famous for getting dunked on by Vince Carter in the Olympics. Fran Vasquez, 11th pick of the Magic. Both pick higher than Fab Mello, never played a game in the NBA. Nikolos Skidisvili, taken fifth by the Nuggets, struggled and was out of the league by the two years. So the 21st pick, I feel like, is a pick where you can hope to draft a rotational player, but the reality is a lot of those guys aren't going to make it. So lay, back off Fab Mello, would you guys? I mean, I know he had a rough rookie season, but just, just back off. Hey, Wes, don't let facts get in the way of telling a good story. <laughs> That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that every time I learn something new, it pushes something old out of my brain. Remember the time I learned how to make wine and then forgot how to drive? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.